Now, Mossy Quinlan was a young man from Waterford who joined the International Brigades and fought in the Spanish Civil War. He lost his life in the fierce Battle of Harama in February 1937. Mossy's life, his legacy and his experience in Spain are all explored in detail in a new book called From Shore to Harama by Liam Cahill, who joins us now. And Liam, it seems that the typical International Brigade volunteer was working class or unemployed, but Mossy Quinlan was different. He came from a prosperous, lower middle class family in a provincial Irish city. How did he end up fighting then in Spain with the 15th International Brigade? Mossy's family was certainly uh, lower middle class. They owned a couple of butcher shops. They had a, a small farm for finishing cattle for slaughter for the shops. And they bought and sold cattle and sheep for the home market and for the export market. So they were reasonably well to do. And his background, therefore, would not have been typical of most of the people who volunteered for the international brigades. But it was a family who were intensely political and active in politics and Unlike many lower middle class uh, Irish families who were often into jobbery and placement and advancing sons in business and so on, they had a very national perspective. So they had moved from being young Irelanders through being Fenians through Parnell into Sinn Féin and into the Irish Volunteers. So there was that kind of nationalist Republican background. But I think in Mossy's case, the key factor was that there doesn't seem to have been room for him in the family business. If you have too many sons, you can't spread it around. So he literally joined the working class, started working as a salesman. And as part of that, he came into contact with a study group, Waterford Workers Study Group, who studied Marx and Connolly. And it seems to have influenced him and others of his comrades in that group in a very, very leftward direction. Many of them actually ended up fighting in the Spanish Civil War from that group. So he joined, uh, he had been in the IRA, the Fianna Aaron, which would have been consistent with his family's politics. But then he moved into the left wing Irish Republican Congress and eventually he he joined the Communist Party of Ireland and the Communist Party of Great Britain. So he transformed himself into the much more typical volunteer that went to Spain who had communist views or Republican views and was determined to take part in the war from that point of view. What was it that prompted you to write about Mossy Quinlan in particular? Well, he was a first cousin of my mother and therefore he was a cousin of mine. And so therefore, as a child, I witnessed the trauma which had been caused to his father and to his family by Mossy's death in Spain because I don't think he told them he, he was going to Spain. The address he gave was his grandmother's address. And the first they knew that Mossy had been killed in Spain was when they picked up the newspaper on a Saturday morning and he was the headline on the Irish press. And there seemed to have been shame mixed in with the trauma as well because he was seen as having gone to Spain to fight with the Reds who were burning Catholic churches, raping nuns, killing priests and so on. And it's precisely that kind of secrecy that you encounter as a child, I think, that in my case anyway, stimulated my interest. And I've always wanted to know more about Mossy, to find out his story, to find out why he went to Spain and what happened to him. Mossy wasn't that long in Spain, a total of 83 days, I think. What did you discover in your research as you reconstructed his experience there and his final days at the crucial Battle of Harama? Yeah, the the, the picture was very vague, um, just that he had been in Spain, that he had been killed and that it had happened at Harama. 
But I discovered that he went through the entire battle and some days afterwards. Now, the significance of Harama is, first of all, the slaughter at Harama. In three days, 45,000 combatants killed on both sides. It was strategically very important in the war because it was the last ditch of defence of Madrid against the onslaught of Franco. If Franco had succeeded at Harama, the war would have been over after six months. And Mossy, I established, was in the number one company of the British battalion. And that meant that he, under the leadership of an Irishman, Kit Conway from Tipperary, he was at the very apex of the battle. They suffered the brunt of the fighting and the brunt of the casualties. And yet he came through all of that. And I discovered, which nobody had ever said that he died very bravely. He was going out to rescue a wounded comrade and bring him back to their trenches when he was he was shot by a sniper. So by following Mossy, I was able to establish that this number one company, which was largely Irish volunteers, had played a critical role in those hours when the Republic was at its most threatened by Franco. It was the Irish and their British comrades who stepped into the breach and who stopped the fascist advance. Finally, would you talk to us a bit about the politics of Spain in the 1930s and how it might or might not compare to Ireland at the same time? Uh, There were similarities. I think the the big similarity between the two countries was the immense power and influence of the Catholic Church. As we know, the, the Catholic Church had a very strong ideological influence in Ireland in the 1930s. The difference was the same influences were there for the Catholic Church in Spain, except that in Spain, the church was also a huge landowner. In Ireland, we had had the land commission and the land reform. And the church was never, because of the penal laws, apart from owning churches and convents and so on, the church was never a big landowner. But the vast estates of central Spain were owned by the Catholic Church. And the government there was proposing to take those estates from them and from the aristocracy to get the Catholic Church out of the schools and out of the hospitals. And there were people wealthy aristocrats, wealthy business people and uh, Catholic leaders in Spain who got behind Franco and said, you have to rebel against this and you have to stop it. So the struggle in Spain was ideological. It was intensely economic, but it mirrored the fact that in Ireland, the Catholic Church was also taking a very strong line against what it saw as the threat of communism in Ireland. And that was against the background that in Europe, there was this three-way struggle between communism in the Soviet Union, Nazism and fascism in Germany, Italy and Spain, and then the kind of liberal Western democracies like Britain and France. And I think the church's overall fear in all of this was that if they didn't keep a grip on things in Spain and in Ireland, that Europe would be swamped Soviet-style communism. And that really brought the intense struggle of the Spanish Civil War for a period of about a year or 18 months, right onto the front pages of the Irish newspapers and right into the pulpits of the Catholic churches in Ireland. Liam, thank you very much indeed for joining us. The book is called From Shore to Harama, and the author is Liam Cahill. That's all we've got time for on this evening's programme. Details of all our items, as well as podcasts, are available on our website, rte.ie forward slash history show. My thanks tonight to Mark McGrath and Tommy O'Sullivan on sound and our researcher Liz Gillis. The History Show is a Pegasus production for RTE. For now, from me, Miles Dungan, and producer Lorcan Clancy, goodbye and thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at RTE History Show. 